0: All right. Podcasting. I was just telling this week's amazing guest that I am sick. I think this is the first time I've recorded a podcast with a weird nasally sound. So I'm excited. It's, like, you it's great. monumental.
1: <laughs> you sound amazing to me. It's all
0: Yay. good. <laughs> hey, I'm human and I get sick too. So even in the summer, what the fuck? But oh, well, and that's what happens when you're locked inside for a year and a half, I guess. <laughs> you go outside and there's germs. Everywhere. <sighs> All right. Well, today's guest, my friends, is Chris Hale. I met Chris through um, his work at the Life Coach School. And so I participate in a program at the Life Coach School called Self-Coaching Scholars. And in that program membership, they have access to coaching. And every time I book, and it Chris's name comes up, I'm like, woohoo! <laughs> I feel like I won the lottery. So anyway, what happened? Um, the way Chris landed here on this podcast, in particular, is that somebody reached out to me asking for in an episode about forgiveness, um, and being able to find forgiveness and move forward. And I have a lot of thoughts about forgiveness. And so I just sat with it. I was like, who's that person? Who's the person to talk about forgiveness on the podcast with? And I was like, obviously it's Chris. No, no. I've never seen Chris talk about forgiveness online. I've never talked with Chris about forgiveness, <laughs> but I was like, that's my person. So I have no idea what this conversation will look like. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> I love
1: that. I love that you just trusted that though. You mm-hmm. were just like, yeah, you're just like, yeah, it's Chris. And I don't know why that's coming up, but you're like, we're going with it.
0: We're going with it. So I like my guests to introduce themselves. You can introduce yourself in any way that feels good for you today on the show with this audience. Whatever Amazing. works for you, go for yeah. it.
1: So, you know, as you said, uh, my name is Chris Hale and I am a coach um, at the Life Coach School in Self-Coaching Scholars. Um, so I do that full time. So I, I, it's like, it's like being a general life coach on steroids because it's like 20 minute sessions back to back to back all day long, whatever topic, like you, like any topic you can imagine, I've probably coached somebody on it, relationships, business, um, goals, weight loss, ev- like literally everything. Um, and I, so I love it. I love the, uh, the ability to do that. Um, I come from the perform- performing arts world. I was a dancer and a dance teacher um, for quite some time. And and I just, coaching is a part of that as a, as a dance teacher. So it's mm. always been something I've been drawn to and like goal setting and mindset, right? It's like you really, you can't make progress, especially with with what we're asking our bodies to do Mm. if you haven't worked on your mind, right? Mm. It's like, it's impossible. Mm -hmm. Um, Or it's really difficult and and it's like very psychologically damaging because you're trying to do it through like really aggressively harsh self-talk. And so like I realized that the mind was the place to make the most change. Um, and so that's kind this of is
0: my, through your work in performing arts before you found coaching.
1: Before I found coaching, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. So, and I started reading all the books, you know, all the people like Carson, Miracles, Eckhart Tolle, Louise Hay, like all the people, and just applying those principles to dance and to mm. helping my students achieve what they wanted to achieve. Um, and so that's really what led me into this desire to like be a coach and Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and switch from it being just about dance but like how can I help more people with this what's kind of like my little journey into coaching
0: awesome are you still doing any performing arts teaching
1: um I just finished the the season right so it just finished like literally like last month or whatever so I'm not doing any dance teaching over the summer um it's a lot of times it's, I'll do a lot of workshops, but, um, this summer I'm taking the summer off and just focusing on coaching. Um, yeah, I'm kind of on a down, a downtime from teaching and I do have one workshop, but I'm actually coaching at it. It's a dance workshop, um, that I'm going to be doing coaching on like confidence. Um, and you know, again, just like how our self-talk affects us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. All right. Well, I'm curious. <clears throat> Why do you think <laughs> you were the one who popped into my mind when I, when I thought about forgiveness? Do you have more insight than I do or was it just a random, beautiful coincidence?
1: Um, I think it was a random, beautiful coincidence, honestly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do have thoughts about forgiveness um, and <laughs> I think it's it's a really amazing topic. I think also, I don't know, maybe because, I mean, you've coached with me. I think that one of the things that like, I'm really good at as a coach is like really holding super neutral space. And I've always been that way. Like as a, as a friend, like all my friends always came to me and like, I just don't judge anything, mm. right? When you're coming to me with a problem and i have all it's and i think i think that like when it comes down to forgiveness i think that's a really big piece of it is that that like being open and mm-hmm. and removing all judgment good or bad and i think because that's yeah. like something that's ingrained that like it makes sense
0: well that sort of speaks to my, i don't i think this is a topic for me that I'll just keep tossing around for a while before I have super clarity. But part of me is like, well, there's nothing to get clear on because there's nothing to forgive. Like, how are you supposed to forgive yourself when there's nothing to forgive? So I get like a little tripped up there. Um, And then also forgiveness is just always accessible. It's not like something you have to find or like get the right person to give it to you. Like you are the right person and it's always there. But I understand like culturally why we want it. We're kind of like Mm -hmm. trained that we need it, right? Like even from when we're little kids, like say you're sorry. And then the other person says, it's okay. Like that's how forgiveness probably starts, right? And then of course, religion is a whole nother um, ball of wax, but.
1: Right. Well, and I think you're, you're so right. It goes back to to the, like, you know, the placing our emotions in other people's control, Mm. right? Like, oh, did he hurt your feelings? You know, like say you're sorry. Right. And and that whole idea that our emotions are created external, like by external things, which is like so disempowering Mm. if you really think about it
0: mm-hmm um yeah I'm wondering in this moment um I know you know like obviously some of my work mostly through yeah. me coming to you for coaching <laughs> um but I really I had I don't know how well you know like I feel like I have a spiritual connection with the I who I believe was a soul who came to me and mm-hmm. I aborted And we still have a relationship. Some people think I'm batshit crazy, but like, whatever, it works for me. I do find that the people I work with who are able to find some kind of connection are able to access more self-forgiveness. Now it's a spiritual being. Like it's not actually talking to me. I don't actually hear a voice. Maybe some people do like, I don't hear anything. I don't see anything. I don't, So in some sense, that could be like external forgiveness, but really it's internal, right? Like it's like like the voice of God is just like the voice of you, in my opinion. So the same with this connection to spirit. But the reason I bring this up is because I was thinking, I wonder if for my clients who struggle the most with forgiveness, They're so used to having that other person to read, right? Like, I'm sorry, it's okay. Or I'm sorry, it's not okay. I'm never going to talk to you again. They're so used to having that other person to read to define how they feel, which is, you know, what you were saying. And when it is, when you've literally terminated the possibility of ever meeting that other person, you absolutely have to go within. Like there's literally no other choice. You can't like bully another human being into forgiving you or like whatever, you're not going to get closure. So it's, I'm just rambling at this point, but it's an interesting example of how it is. The answer is within the forgiveness does come from within. But if we allow ourselves to like open up the possibility for connection to spirit, God, spirit, universe, like whatever the heck's out there. I don't actually know your religious beliefs either, but like whatever's out there that's bigger than us. Yeah. I think we I can believe, Yeah,
1: it. I believe in a, a, like a higher power or like a, I mean, I, I have been a student of A Course in Miracles off and on for mm. the last like 10 years. So like I very much, um, you know, do believe in that like like that divine energy and and really the um that that knowing like that that divine like purpose and knowing of like all creatures right like that like Mm -hmm. you know I think Marianne Williams and talks about it really beautifully like the you know acorn like becomes the oak tree like it's like it doesn't have to be willed to do that. Like it's born with that intelligence to become Mm -hmm. the thing it's going to become. Mm -hmm. And yet we are so pulled away from that thinking that we don't have the intelligence, right. To, to become what we want to become or what we will become. And we again, think it's outside of us, but as you said, like that voice of God really comes from within. And I think that that there's like two main things I think about forgiveness. I mean, there's probably more, but um, one is uh, a quote like, from Oprah that I like to quote mm. all the time. Cause I think it's so brilliant. obviously it's Oprah, but you know, she said like, forgiveness is giving up the hope that the past could be any different.
0: Whoa, I don't think I've ever heard that.
1: You know, isn't that brilliant?
0: Giving up the hope. That the past could or
1: should, could, like it that it could, could have been different, yeah. The
0: past. I mean, I guess
1: should have... works too. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, either way, they're both yeah. arguing with reality, yeah. right? Because yes, the reality, exactly.
0: Is, right? <laughs> the yes. reality,
1: reality is, is that we made the choices we made, mm-hmm. right? And we couldn't have made another choice. Maybe there were other options, but once the choice is made, it's it's made, there was no possibility for anything else. Right? Um, Or at least at this point there's not because it happened already. Mm -hmm. And and then the second one is that like forgiveness is always for you. So even when Mm -hmm. we're talking Mm -hmm. about forgiving someone else it has nothing to do with them. It's about you. It's about you being able to move forward, right? with that belief that everything happened exactly as it was going to. And you get to make peace with that for yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. and whether you approach them or not, it doesn't really matter in the end. So that's where like what you're talking about in terms of self-forgiveness is like, well, it's always for you. Mm -hmm. Like even if other people are involved, it's always for you. It's never about anyone else.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let's talk more about that because up until this point, I've been thinking about, you know, self-forgiveness for choosing, right? Mm -hmm. Because some people do have a level of regret and they think like, I wouldn't feel this if, and then I can't forgive myself because now I feel this way because so it's a whole story, but there's another layer of forgiveness in, in our abortion stories where there are other people involved right i can't forgive my mother because she pressured me into it i can't forgive my partner because he didn't support me i can't forgive my best friend who should have told me how awful this would be like i mean there's so many right and so that's where we come back to forgiveness it's not you forgiving them for them like it's forgiveness for you um because that is that's a whole nother piece that people get really hung up on around their abortions
1: yeah I can imagine like I mean I can't imagine because obviously it's not something I would go through but just the idea that um, that like we I, I don't know how to say this exactly but like We make decisions, right, based on so many things that are going on in our life. And like, yes, and yes, like we do take into account other people and like we are influenced by other things. And then there's all the like, you know, patriarchal programming going on in our brains and right. And it's like, we have to be able to forgive ourselves for being the person we were in that moment. Mm. Right, like that's the person we were in that moment when we made that decision, Mm -hmm. who yeah, maybe listened to their mother. Yeah, Maybe that is the person you were in that moment, right? Maybe you didn't feel like you had authority, right? To make the decision for yourself, it's okay, right? Yeah, Like you can be okay with that, right? And say like, all right, I can be okay with the fact that I, I didn't feel like I had the ability.
0: Yeah. Um I was trying to write down more examples, but there's that like she shouldn't have let me. Um he he should have. Do you think a hundred percent of the time that's always the inner voice going, I shouldn't have let me? Mm. Or not really?
1: A really good question.
0: Oh. I mean, Chris and I both do a lot of coaching in models, right? And so when you do, when you lay out a model, and if you don't know what the model is, I'll link to, you know, an episode and obviously reach out to me. But it's this idea that our thought leads to our feelings, our action, then that creates our actions, and then we get these results. And so a lot of times when we put the thought in, like she shouldn't have let me, it turns into like... At what's really happening is I shouldn't have let me. It's my, it's me that I'm mad at, not her. Yeah. Are there places that that's not true? Or is it really always reflection?
1: I think that, like, I don't. I think that there are places, right, where. Okay, I'm going to say I'm going to say this. I think that the the way that we use the model and the model really helps us to take like full responsibility for our experience and the way that we want to choose to think about it um and what we what we want to like do like so you know the way we tell the story, right? Whether it's it's empowering or disempowering, right? If we tell the story from a place of you know, she shouldn't have let me right? That doesn't feel powerful, Mm -hmm. right? Because Mm -hmm. it takes away our agency. So if we can find a way to retell that story from, right, like what I was just saying, it's like, I didn't feel in that moment or I didn't think in that moment that I knew what was best for me. I didn't think I had the authority to make a decision for myself. And therefore, from that thought or that belief, I felt disempowered. And Mm -hmm. then I made the decision that that person suggested. I think that's a much more empowering story than like, she shouldn't have let me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was pregnant before I had the abortion, knowing that it was what I needed to do, but wishing somebody else could make the decision for me. Like my husband's amazing and our relationship actually got better after the abortion, but I remember thinking, like, kind of wish he'd just be like, "You have to do this," or "I'm divorcing you," or like, "You can't do this." It's too, right. I just like wished someone else would make the decision. I can't even imagine, like, now looking back, I'm like, that would feel terrible if I had, if he had had that, right? That I can think there's a pretty good chance <laughs> that I'm that I would not like how that feels afterwards. Yeah because he didn't have a strong opinion and no one around me was forcing a strong opinion upon me. I had to, I had to go with my own authority, my own, my own power. And I remember thinking like, no matter what you're going to have your own back, Mm. you have to have your own back, which leads me to the other thing outside the model. When you're thinking something like she shouldn't have let me, or he shouldn't have made me, he shouldn't have forced me to, um, I think a follow-up question, and I'm curious if you have others, but I think a follow-up question is just like, why is it a problem that she made you, right? Like, why is it a problem that he, Mm. that he forced you to? I think if you go through that line of questioning, you'll probably get to that inner voice answer.
1: Right. Well, and I think, I think that, like, it, it, uh, it also reveals, right, like, it reveals so much because that reveals like what, what our thoughts are about what other people's roles are in our lives. Yeah. Right. Like he shouldn't have forced me as like, well, you know, what does that say about what you think his role is? Like, what do you think, like what kind of authority do you think he has? Or like, mm. how is he supposed like in your, like the manual, right? That's another tool right. we talk about, um, in our community is like our manuals for other people, like how they're supposed to show up in our lives and they never do. Um. Right,
0: well, I mean, in that case, <laughs> I'm just imagining like he was supposed to protect me or he was right. supposed to love, like,
1: yeah. yeah,
0: he was supposed to something in that case, right. yeah.
1: Uh, and I think, right, if we follow that, it's like, you know, I think again, we'll get to that inner, inner voice of like, you know, what are you making it mean about yourself that 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 is what happened that that was the conversation yeah I love that you brought up having your own back because you know I actually think that we can sort of I don't want to say solve the problem of forgiveness but right like maybe um diminish like the necessity for it if we start thinking about the decisions that we make from a place of having our own back once we've made them. Yeah. You know, so really, I think when we're talking about that self-forgiveness, right? It's really that like, you're telling yourself you should have done something different, right? So A, stop arguing with reality and be like, okay, that is the decision I made. But then for all of us who are like super perfectionistic and wanna control everything, right? We then start thinking that we can make a right decision Mm -hmm. so that we won't have to be in that position where we feel bad. Yeah. And that's where having your own back comes in because it's like, well, if we just start from the beginning and say like, no matter what I do, no matter what I decide and no matter what feelings come up afterwards, I'm gonna have my own back around the decision. So if I start to feel regret, I'm going to allow that. Yes. I'm going to allow it. And I'm yeah. going to support myself through it.
0: Yeah. I'm, this is another place where I'm still sort of in the discovery of regret and like, I really believe deep down, we can keep our regrets. Like there's nothing wrong with it. Like if you wanna keep the regret, fine. Like I think people think the only way they can feel better is if they get rid of their regret. I'm like, you can keep it, have at it. Like let's work with it, not against it. Um, so based on your visual, which I know the audience can't see you reaction, you agree.
1: With I, it okay. <laughs> I was like, yes. I just like, I got very excited. Um, on, if the audience wants to know, I was like shaking my head emphatically. Um, I 100% agree. And I, I, you know, it again, it's all coming back down to like owning ourselves and owning our decisions. And so like, if you have regret, right, it means that you made it like a different choice and, you know, I, I'll coach a lot of women who will, you know, think that they, you know, or have like regret maybe about like, like, like um, being stay at home moms or, you know, mm-hmm. or like leaving a career to raise their children. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but like that regret is only there because you made the choice to be with your kids so if you didn't make the choice to be with your kids you wouldn't have the regret about your career but you might have the regret about your kids yeah.
0: yeah about
1: not being there with your kids you know we don't know i mean again you can have your own back around that but it's like still it's like i don't think it, regret is just an emotion
0: yeah
1: right and you know in our world no emotions are off you know off limits like I like to think about every line of the model being neutral. Yeah. So, like, once yeah, we're looking yeah. at a model, mm-hmm. every line of it is neutral. Like, we're mm. just—it's reflective. We're bringing awareness, mm-hmm. and and even the feeling line, which can feel so right, right. is neutral.
0: Yeah, we always we often talk about the, the circumstance line being neutral, the circumstance line being neutral. But like, you're right; it's all just neutral, including the results. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. What do you think? We always want something different because we think we'll feel different, right? Why do you think most of us crave forgiveness? Like, What is it that we want instead?
1: I feel like, oh, <laughs> go ahead. I was going to say like, either like acceptance or belonging mm-hmm. like that's kind of where my mind goes like what would be the opposite yeah of of forgiveness of like like being forgiven um like being on the receiving end of that would mm-hmm. be like acceptance or belonging like that like love that unconditional yeah. love maybe yeah. right
0: yeah yeah I mean, this is a, this is an emotion that comes up for me a lot, which is probably why my brain went to it, but I think it's like relief. I think like forgiveness is such a bur- like thinking you need forgiveness creates such a weight and such a burden. And like, you feel kind of like when you're craving it in a really graspy way, it's heavy and attached and like uncomfortable. And we just want re- relief. We think if I'm forgiven, I will have relief,
1: Yeah,
0: which is very similar to acceptance and belonging. Definitely yeah. all, all in the same.
1: Well, then I think, and we also then can't talk about that without talking about guilt, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like the, probably one of the primary emotions that we're, that we're feeling that we want relief from would be guilt, right? Yes um and maybe even which shame. comes back to the
0: beginning of the conversation which is like the whole conversation is a little tricky because you and i don't believe there's anything to forgive so like it's hard to feel guilty about something that like wasn't shameful in the first place right and it gets a little wishy-washy so it's like just trying to have the conversation in a way that you understand that other people do feel guilt and that's yeah. okay
1: yeah, and other people will think that you have done something wrong to them, yeah. that you have wronged them, right? Mm-hmm. Like that will be, um, or they will not agree with your decision, and they will think that somehow you making a decision automatically means that they have to be upset with you, right? Like that, like that's the obvious thing, right? Yeah. Like there's no yeah. other option. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just have to not like your decision, and like, you know, and. And I think that's where we can, you know, use our ability to see that like not everyone has the tools we have, especially as coaches. Like, I mean, we're, you know, we come with a lot of tools and a lot of like resources to be able to like, yeah, if someone tells me that like they're unhappy with something that I did or whatever, like I will totally just be like, yeah, I'm so sorry. Like, I have no problem saying I'm sorry because I also, mm-hmm. like, I know they don't have, I know that they're not they're not thinking like, well, my thoughts are creating my feeling here, right? They're just like, they just think that I hurt their feelings or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yeah, I can, and I can have that empathy, right? And like the coach's empathy, which is the empathy for the thought, right? That like, yeah, I can understand that if you are thinking that I disrespected you, that you're going to be in pain and I'm so yeah. sorry. and. Mm-hmm you know
0: what do you believe about yourself that allows you to say i'm sorry so easily even if their understanding of the situation is different than yours because i think that's uh, really related to forgiveness
1: yeah well i think i think that the first <laughs> it's like an evolution of thinking because like i always thought everything was my fault Yeah. Right. And I was, I'm still there a little
0: bit. So this is, (laughs) this is a genuine question.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But like, that's the thing. It's like, when you come from that space, Mm -hmm. where we're like, you know, like you're wrong, you're always wrong. And like, that's, you know, that the intersectionality of like my, my race and my gender and my sexuality and like, basically all the messages of like you're just you're not you're not performing any of the things that you're supposed to be performing appropriately or right Mm -hmm. it's like I'm always wrong so the assumption that I always have in any argument in any situation is that I've done something wrong because I am wrong right Mm. so I was always apologizing right but from such a place of lack and such a place of insecurity Mm. because of that and I think like I've been able to hold on to that, like owning responsibility or being able to look at my actions, like reflectively and be like, okay, don't like the way I showed up here. Like I could have done this different without judgment. So I think it's like, yeah, I've removed a lot of the judgment from myself, but been able to sort of keep the like practice of apologizing from a place that's now like healthier in my mind.
0: Yeah, so that comes useful. back to the beginning. What you shared at the very beginning is like when you release that judgment, the forgiveness just comes really naturally and easily. Like it's yeah, and there's a place for judgment in the world for sure. Like we're all judging all the time. Like is this safe? Is this not safe? Should I, right? Like um judgment is okay too. It's a part of our survival, but most of the time when we're talking about judgment, it's like really just wrecking havoc. So when you can release the judgment of yourself and others around your abortion story, the forgiveness comes really naturally. Yeah. Can you think of, and are you willing to share anything that you have had to forgive yourself for? Oh, wow. I'm thinking about the question too. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean, I, I'm, I'm, I can think of lots of things. Um, I'm trying to think like what would be. Um,
0: it can even be something little. Like I just thought of yeah. something little this week where I went through the whole process of self-forgiveness. I actually think I do it a lot. I think I step into self-forgiveness and releasing that judgment a lot. I just don't necessarily call it that.
1: Mm, Wait, tell me more about that.
0: Like I was just thinking my uh, niece is about to have a baby and I made a comment about how much I hated breastfeeding my third. Like I loved breastfeeding my first two and I hated breastfeeding my third. (laughs) It was so awful. I hated every second of it. And then afterwards, I beat myself up a little. I'm like, why did you say that? Like, she's about to have a baby. That's like the dumbest thing to say. So I started judging myself for saying it. And then I was like, it's okay. Like, I, I came to a place of self-forgiveness for saying something I wish I hadn't said.
1: I think that's a great example because that's probably the biggest one that comes up for me in my daily life. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, like I, sh- I shouldn't have said that is like, yeah. so, like, you know, it's, it's like so strong and it happens so quickly and it happens so often because I'm extremely direct. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm very opinionated. Um, and, you know, you don't always know how that's going to be received. And for the most part, I've gotten okay with it. Like, um, I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to just, Say what I think. Um, but then there will be those times when it's like, oh, I was out and I was meeting new people or right, or I was just like having just like a random conversation with somebody I don't know super well. And I'm just like, oh man. Like, yeah, why did I say that? Like right. what like what was even the reason?
0: <laughs> so it's a great example. I mean, it's a very small example, but I would encourage listeners to look for these in their lives because the more you shift your mindset around these small examples the easier it is around what feels like big stuff, right? Yeah, For most absolutely. of the people listening, abortion feels bigger. Well, that's bigger than saying the wrong thing about breastfeeding. It's not, it's all just things, but practice with these little things. like. And so it's really, if I could go back, I might not say that again. And it's okay that I did. It doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't make, right? Like, and it's okay that I did. I don't have to make it mean anything about me. Like I'm the worst aunt. I'm the worst mentor. I'm the worst, right? Like I can just let it be.
1: And I think too, like it, it reminds me of like the way we treat grief You mm. is that we don't do grief well, especially in like the West. Like we're, we're not... Right. We don't have and we also, you know, with not having like a sort of centralized cultural, like spiritual thing, mm-hmm. um, we don't have like practices. Right. So I think like like cultures that have more of a ritual or practice around like death, like specifically, right, tend to be a little bit um, better. Right. At like like dealing with grief or it's just like more normalized and and like sort of. Um, incorporated into right like their life and because we don't really have that there's a people have a really hard time with it here and you can practice that on a daily basis you can Mm. practice grieving
0: right Mm. in a way
1: that you make it more Um, accessible on a regular basis like all the little losses right or you know I say in air quotes little right like just like you're saying those small forgivenesses all those little losses every day right like anything you've you know you know even it's like your favorite sweater I know that seems ridiculous like on, on when we're talking scale but like yeah, like maybe you love that sort, and maybe it feels weird to like you lost it or you let it go and it's like, okay, allow yourself to just have the moment of the the, the feeling of like letting it go and realizing mm. that that feeling isn't going to kill you. The feeling in and of itself mm. is not going to harm you. So if you can like yeah. get yourself used to that little bit of loss, right, over time, Right, you get better at experiencing loss because that's really like at the heart of the work that, that you and I do, right, is really like the allowing for feelings, right? And like, yeah. like letting ourselves be with our feelings. And I could imagine, yep. you know, for your, for your listeners and anyone who is dealing with, you know, their abortion story, like practicing forgiveness, practicing grieving, right, on a regular mm-hmm. basis, around those things yeah, could teach them how to apply that to that story
0: yeah yeah i don't think we do enough of that like practicing on the little yeah. stuff
1: yeah we just dismiss it we're like oh right. whatever like it's yeah. not a big deal yeah. but that's really the the place <clears throat> where we can sort of hone our skill for allowing emotion yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, all comes back to how we do one thing is how we do everything. <laughs> ah, so good. Um, this has been an interesting and fun conversation. Just like kind of let it go where it goes. I don't even think there's no conclusion here. There is no like- Yeah, I don't think that there really is. Go do this, it's <laughs> just <laughs> like what- But this is what it is, it's just exploring. I think what I love about this conversation is we just spent time exploring and that's what you can do about your own stories and your own feelings and your own thoughts. Just keep exploring and pondering. And what if we look at it this way? And what if we look at it that way? And does it feel any different if we think about it this way? Um, So I would encourage you all to do what we just did in your lives, right? Like I'm craving forgiveness. Why? What's going on? What do I want? What, you know do other people have it like just kind of explore and think what might they be thinking that lets them forgive themselves like all the things just play
1: just play i love just it play.
0: <laughs> Just play with your mind <laughs> is there anything you um thought you would come on and say or you want to leave um the audience with anything I, think, lingering.
1: I, mean, I, I don't think so I mean I think I said everything I mean that I thought I yeah. would say and I think so many things that didn't expect to come up which is the beauty of these conversations right and I think you're right it's just about like the more open we can be to our thoughts to our like what our brains are giving us and knowing that our thoughts are not moral yeah. right like there is no morality in your thoughts they're right just thoughts. they're just thoughts And so you can let them come and you can look at them and you can roll them around and you can poke holes in them. And and like that is probably the biggest gift that anyone can give themselves, especially if they're trying to come to a place where they want to feel more peace, right, around their story. Yeah,
0: yeah. Hmm. I want to tell you, I usually don't, well, I try not to get into like abortion conversations online because, you know, you can imagine it's a waste (laughs) of time and energy, but I let myself make a comment yesterday somewhere. (laughs) And of course it turned into this whole thing. Um, But I want to share with you, Chris, and with the audience, like a new favorite thought I've been practicing. Um, It actually came up in a client session, which was just that opinion gets to exist in the world. That just gets to exist in the world. So if you're feeling like you need forgiveness because the people around you are saying like, you're a sinner, you did a terrible thing. How could you do that? Like whatever the voice is, someone else's opinion. What's another way to go at it? It's just like that opinion gets to exist in the world. Just don't let it be. Yeah. Just
1: let it be. I love that. I just kind of, I got chills with that Mm -hmm. because at first though, my, my, I could feel inside my body, right? Like my body tensed up. Totally. (laughs) When you first said it. And it's like, although I know that, and although I'm sure I probably said something similar, right. You know, in a, in a coaching session, right. When everything's neutral and like, we're Mm -hmm. the watcher and it's like, I have no opinions, but like in this conversation, you say that and my whole body got like rigid. And then it's like, Oh yeah. But that's so true. It's yes. just so true. It yes. really is. It's like that opinion gets to exist in the world and it doesn't have to mean anything about you yeah. and the way you think about yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. In this little social media tiff I got into yesterday, <laughs> at first I did not want that person's opinion to exist in the world. Yeah. I was like, no, no, no. Nope, someone needs to delete you. Someone needs to erase you. You need to be gone, (laughs) right? Like, and I don't mean the actual person. I just meant their opinion in the world, right? I'm like, nope, does not get to exist. I was like, wait a second. It does, right? It just does. And if I let it, then I can step away and find peace. And if I don't let it, if I stay attached to it and grasp onto it and resist it and be mad at it, then I suffer, if I just let it exist in the world, I can step away and find peace.
1: And that's the thing, like our peace is disturbed by our own resistance, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's just like when we're resisting what is, when we're resisting that, that opinion does exist, right? That's when we, we are in our most like, and, and, you know, just, it's not, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, Yeah. if you can let it be, it has no power.
0: It has no power. Comes back to that relief and acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you.
1: My God. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I'm like so excited to get to have this conversation with you. Um, It's been amazing.
0: That's fantastic. Where's the best place for people to find you if they want to? I mean, um, they could just join Self-Coaching Scholars and yeah. it's <laughs> like a crapshoot. You just hope you get Chris. <laughs> you could actually also hire him as a coach. That's like a that's, thing.
1: That's an option too, yeah. <laughs> Either one works though, honestly. Um, yeah, so I, you can reach out on my website. It's just chrishale.co, c o. Mm-hmm. Um, is my website, and um, you can email me there. My email address is chris at chrishale.co. Um, nice. I'm on Instagram, uh, the only underscore Chris Hale, um, which I'm not the only Chris Hale, but I just thought I would claim myself.
0: <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? <laughs>
1: um, yeah, so that's where you can find me.
0: Awesome. Well, I highly recommend finding more of Chris in your life. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice.